Our meditation for this 14th Sunday after Trinity is on our Old Testament reading, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 10 through 23. Hear the word of our Lord. Hear my son and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A few days ago, someone pointed out that last Sunday's sermon was a bit too long. He mentioned it lovingly, of course, but with good humor. I appreciated the banter. Pastors must have thick skin. And I resolved to make today's homily short, sweet, and to the point. Teasing is one thing. Bullying is quite another. This week, there was a contrast between my friend's harmless remark about my sermon and the experience my son had being bullied by a group of kids just a couple days earlier. While I was traveling for the ministry, my wife took our children to a park to get some fresh air. Some kids were already there when they arrived, and they had no adult supervision. It was just them. Already formed like a pack of wolves while some other kid pretended to watch them. My boy honestly just wanted to play with these other children, but the more he tried and the nicer he was, the more they made fun of him, laughed at him, and insulted him. One tried to attack my son with his knee to push him off the top of a ladder. Another kept him from going down a slide, while the others kept him from coming back up the jungle gym while he was able. My wife was able to keep our son from being injured, but she had her hands full with our toddler, as it was. Once she decided it was enough, they went home and my boy spent the rest of the day depressed. Was it really so bad for a homeschooled kid to want to make friends? I imagine most of us have been there. I was bullied as a kid. 
For all of middle school, I was seen as the gross little fat kid with emotional issues from his parents' divorce. A total weirdo with nothing going for him. I was called all sorts of names and had rumors spread about me. Occasionally someone spat in my face. I was shoved into lockers, had milk poured into my backpack. And at one point, while I was running from bullies, another kid tripped me and broke my arm. Once in a while, some kids would invite me to hang out with them, and I would gladly go just to have some friends, only for it to turn out to be a humiliating struggle session where they kept me in a classroom and threw trash at me for half an hour. This treatment only stopped when I hit a growth spurt, lost the weight one summer before my freshman year, and high school got started. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to garner sympathy for myself, but looking back at what happened to my son and thinking back on what happened to me, my wife and I could only ask one question. Why? What reason does a child have for treating other children like trash? What on earth could possess them to decide that it was their job to make others miserable? Now, research was conducted on the psychology of bullying, and the reason these kids make others miserable is, drumroll please, nothing. They literally have no reason for doing this other than, perhaps, sometimes bullying gets them what they want. From psychology today, researchers find that bullies have a distinct psychological makeup. They lack pro-social behavior are untroubled by anxiety and do not understand others' feelings. They exhibit a distinctive cognitive feature, a kind of paranoia. They misread the intentions of others, often imputing hostility in neutral situations. Others may not like them, but they typically see themselves quite positively. Those who chronically bully tend to have strained relationships with parents and peers. But don't they feel guilty, you might ask? No, they do not feel guilty about what they do to other kids. In our reading, the king writes, The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. So if they get punished or caught, they will be more upset that they were punished or caught than sad about what they did. Most of them are literally incapable of feeling shame, even if it is subconsciously present in their minds. Believe it or not, most often bullies are simply bad kids that were not raised correctly by their parents. I will not hear that they're just wayward either. These are bad kids, full stop. For crying out loud, it isn't unheard of for them to just kill one of their targets and not feel the tiniest bit of remorse. Call bullying what it is. Evil as observed in the young. This is the kind of behavior that King Solomon writes of in our Proverbs reading for today, and his advice to his son is simply, avoid them. He says in no uncertain terms, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. He is not talking about the universal wickedness of man through original sin or our common guilt. Here the king is speaking of impenitent, ugly, malicious people who legitimately enjoy harming others. 
Our example, the standard schoolyard bully, is just one iteration of the people King Solomon calls the wicked. And he will not hear you claim that you need to go witness to them, show compassion on them, give them presents, or anything of the sort. Stay away from them. Have nothing to do with them. Why? Because for this type of person, quote, they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. There is no point in giving them the gospel, let alone the time of day. Such would be casting pearls before swine. Believe it or not, beloved, the Bible teaches us, again, in no uncertain terms, that we do not have to associate with people who treat us like trash. We must forgive them absolutely, and we must do so every time we recite the Lord's Prayer, but we are to avoid them like the plague if we can help it. Let God do as he pleases with them, whether that is leading them to repentance or enacting justice against them. We should pay attention to the point of the king's wisdom here. He is not addressing the wicked, as chances are the impenitent sinner does not care to read the book of Proverbs. He is addressing you, beloved. Yes, he writes to his sons in particular, but as this is holy and inspired scripture, it is for you to read and learn from as well. The king's main concern is that we hold on to our instruction, internalizing the word and wisdom that God provides. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. Why? Because we must guard our heart, lest it go astray into the weeds of wickedness, becoming the very type of person that King Solomon wants us to avoid. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Proverbs warns us that the wicked drink the wine of violence. That is often a symbol for God's wrath on those who oppose him. One way or another, the unrepentant bully, fiend, and wicked man shall receive payment in full for the torment they inflict on others. It may not be immediate. In fact, there is at least one case where God waited 30 or so years to wreck someone's life for their bullying, but the point still stands. No one is getting away with this, and King Solomon is desperately urging us to guard our hearts lest we follow after evil and end up incurring great wrath. Now, someone might be reading this or listening to it, and the thought pops into their mind that they are guilty, guilty of wicked behavior in their past, guilty of senselessly harming others and taking advantage of them. If that is you, the question you might be asking is, is there any hope for me? Oh, yes, there is. Christ died for all sins, not just some. He does not say, I only died for accidental thefts, white lies, and the sin of despair. No, he died for the rapist, the murderer, and the bully, just as much as he died for the impatient, the despairing, or the careless. He died for the big sins, just as much as the little sins. 
Today he invites you to accept the forgiveness he won for you on the cross and to let him transform you from ugly sinner to shining saint. I mean it when I say shining, too. King Solomon writes, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. It is not your own shining. No one by their own power can make the sun rise. But as you are brought to faith in our Lord Jesus, like the sun rising in the sky, over time he makes us reflect more of who he is. And this takes time, certainly. Those who were never among the category of the wicked, those who do not oppose God, the kids that were baptized as babies, have it easier. But for all of us, we understand that Christ wants your heart. He wants you, O oh sleeper, to wake up and allow his righteousness to shine in your very soul. And he says, do not hide in the darkness. Don't go into your closet avoiding him. He says, guard your heart and present it to me unstained by malice and gleeful harm. Beloved, let us not slip into the habits of wickedness, nor permit ourselves to be the ugly and malicious person. But rather, instead of chasing and cherishing our sins or stubbornly refusing to regret them, let's watch over our hearts, hold tight to Christ's instructions, the entirety of the word of God, and let the light of his righteousness wash over us and purify us. Now the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.